Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Alert, brought to you by the Institute of Alcohol Studies. On this month's podcast, we spoke to Nicola Merrin, Policy and Research Manager for Alcohol Focus Scotland, about the Scottish Government's consideration of reintroducing a public health supplement, essentially a levy on large retailers who sell both alcohol and tobacco. Stay till the end of the podcast to hear from the Chair of Scottish Health Action on Alcohol Problems and Liver Doctor, Alistair McGilchrist, about next steps with minimum unit pricing in Scotland. But first, here's Nicola on what the previous supplement was all about. The public health supplement was a levy that was placed on large retailers that sold alcohol and tobacco. And it was in place between 2012 and 2015. Um, the funds were raised by adding an additional tax onto a local property tax, which was called non-domestic rates. Um, and it, it was based on, on what we call the polluter pays principle. So having those who are benefiting from the sale of health harming products like alcohol um, to share the financial burden that they, these those products place on our society. Um, and in the case of alcohol, of course, that burden is, is really quite substantial. Most recent estimates are that alcohol costs Scotland up to £10 billion every year, um, and that includes up to £700 million in, in health and social care costs. Um, so the money raised from the public health supplement was, was therefore intended to help deal with those costs. Um, and it did raise 95 million over three years. So, so quite a good sum of money, um, albeit just obviously touching, touching the surface of how much alcohol actually costs us. There's obviously been quite a sort of big focus on it over the last month or so, um, despite the fact that that only ran from, I think, 2012, as you said, 2012 to 2015. So why has there been this renewed focus on it in, in recent months? Well, yeah, there's, there's been lots of talk on it in, in the last month in particular because um, the Scottish Government has, in their recent budget, committed to, to exploring it again, explore reintroducing the supplement specifically over the next year. Um, and there's also been, I would say, an increase in the political support for it, um, for a new supplement. And I would say that's been linked to the likely increased revenues that supermarkets and shops will have seen from the introduction of, of minimum unit pricing in 2018. Um, so MUP is, is currently in the spotlight again this month. We're, we're seeing the Health, Social Care and Sport Committee of the Scottish Parliament taking evidence. Estimates on how much shops will have been making um, over the last few years from MUP range from an additional 40 million a year to almost 400 million, um, which is obviously quite a range. Um, and that's why we've commissioned the, the Fraser of Allender Institute from Strathclyde University to, to give us some further estimates on this and help us get a handle on what that's likely to be and, and a, a bit of a, a trail that that's coming in the next in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, the, I mean, it's all been really great news for us, really, you know, partners um, across the, the Non-Communicable Disease Alliance, Scotland, for example, um, we've been calling for a new um, supplement on alcohol retailers for, for quite a while now. There's a really uh, excellent analysis of the public health supp- supplement um, that was written uh, by uh, Mark Hellowell, Catherine Smith and uh, Alexandra Wright back in 2016. That I'd really encourage listeners to read. It was a really clear account of the issues um, mm-hmm. of the supplement back in 2012. Um, also, the sort of initial aims and how that's, that there was a sort of changing nature um, throughout the implementation. Um, so, yeah, as you say, the the levy is back in the spotlight because um, the Scottish government are considering whether or not to reintroduce it. Uh, the media focus I found quite interesting uh, in its interesting, but perhaps unsurprising as well in how similar it's, it is to um, what it was like back in 2011, 2012 uh, in terms of it 
so far primarily being um, focused on the criticisms from retailers. So uh, in the Herald, they said SNP condemned over plan for health related tax on shoppers. And the Times wrote health tax will punish shoppers, retailers claim. The only support I um, saw of it, which I think you touched on there talking about political yeah. support, was from Scottish Labour um, saying that they would in, uh, would support it, um, reintroducing the levy. In terms of the previous levy, one of the aspects of the analysis that um, I was reading was that there was initial support from health NGOs, public health NGOs, but that seemed to sort of dwindle over the period of implementation. Uh, and they said that this is partly because it was quite misleading with its initial public health focus. What is Alcohol Focus Scotland's sort of position on reintroducing the supplement? And does that touch on on aspects of the previous levy and how it didn't really cover the public health aims that we kind of maybe thought it would do? Yeah, so I mean, our position is really clear. We're, we're strongly in support of it. Um, it. It's an interesting one in terms of the research that highlighted, you know, when you're calling something a, a public health supplement, you really need to have that clear link between the money that you're raising and, and where it's going to go. And, and one of the, the things that comes out um, really clearly from that research that you were, you were citing there is that it's really difficult to follow the money um, to, to be able to evidence where it goes, particularly in, um, in, an, era, in an era of really not wanting to, to, to ring fence money, for example, um, or to put people in a corner as to what they can spend their money on. Um, so yeah, th there is that. I mean, what, what we're calling for an alcohol harm prevention levy or, or a new public health supplement, and it's it's the same mechanism. So that's that's a key thing. We know the thing we've been calling for over the last few while is exactly the same as a public health supplement with a few tweaks. Um, and, and it would generate funds for local prevention, treatment and care services. The 95 million that I mentioned that was raised, that's real money, um, it goes into the system. Um, I think what we would need this time round is probably some discussion and, and political commitment really to, to where that would go um, and how that could be spent. It's a, a local tax, so really importantly, it's about you know local authorities, potentially health and social care partnerships, etc., kind of getting together and deciding where that can be used. Um, one thing that we know from um, kind of headlines in the last year or so is there's been a large decrease, 40% decrease in people accessing specialist alcohol treatment, for example. So we know that there's places this money is needed right now. Um, the other reason why we're calling for this, um, particularly right now, in addition to you know seeing that additional retailers revenue from minimum unit pricing, is the impact that we have from alcohol, I already spoke about the costs, but we have tragically high levels of alcohol problems in Scotland. Nearly one in 15 deaths every year is responsible for alcohol, and that was before the pandemic. We're now in a public health emergency. Um, specifically, if you look at deaths, there's been a 25% increase in the last three years. So we're at the highest level in 14 years. So definitely an emergency and not one that will be short-lived. So the change in our drinking behaviours from the pandemic, it means it's only going to get worse. Um, so we need to act now to help limit this impact as much as we can. Um, and I've talked about you know, the, that decrease in access to preventative services. We also need, there's, there's so many things we can do and we need to do in relation to alcohol. Um, and this funding from a public health supplement could certainly help with that. But yeah, get back to your point of, of how we, we can make it a, really clear that it is for public health 
that's something that that we'll be speaking to Scottish government about over the next year and 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 exploring how that political commitment can can help get us there. So if the measure was reintroduced, are there specific differences that AFS would want to see, um, especially in terms of the sort of previous issues that um, the the levy had? Yeah, so yeah, that political commitment and looking at where, where the money can be spent. But I think the key difference in terms of the the limits or, or who the mechanism applies to, the levy applied to, is that in the past supplement, the levy was quite limited, applied only to large supermarkets. Um, so one thing we'd like to see is that that should be expanded to really cover everyone who sells alcohol, um, as they all do contribute to that problem and, and are um, benefiting from those sales. Um, saying that, we are anticipating that um, even when we do expand, expand that out to more premises, it will still be your big supermarket chains your large multiples that will be paying the most money because they are they don't have just large supermarkets they have smaller as we know smaller stores and more convenience stores too another change that we might want to look at is the level at which the levy is set and um, we might want to consider raising that levy level to make sure that we are you know following that political place principle but also taking back some of that additional revenues that we're, that the off-trade retailers will likely have seen over the last few years in terms of the aims of the policy, so the previous levy brought in, as you say, 95-ish million, um, and it was a really predictable amount. And one of the reasons it was a really predictable amount was that the levy was set at a certain rate that meant that retailers wouldn't try and avoid selling alcohol and or tobacco. Um, and so it was a really predictable amount that they were going to raise in revenue. Is that mm -hmm. something that AFS would be supportive of or would consider in terms of up, sort of uprating in terms of like whether or not that could cause behavior change amongst retailers to encourage them to not sell either of those products um, to reduce public health harm in particular areas maybe. Yeah it's, it's, and it's something I know that the, the previous researchers um, sorry the previous research has touched upon is that if you want to to have the levy change retailer behavior you really do need to set it at a quite a really quite a high a high level a substantial level for us that's not the key aim of of such a supplement um the key aim is to generate income for the range of measures that we know would work or, or help contribute to reducing alcohol harm um in terms of it being a predictable income generation i think that's really quite a good benefit um and that helps with the budgeting um one thing i would say in terms of behaviour change is that in terms of minimum unit pricing again because the increase in the price has meant that they are likely getting more more revenue revenues from it that does mean that there's probably more of an incentive to sell alcohol than there was before and um, it also might mean that they'll they'll promote alcohol more and they might place it in more visible spots in their shops etc and um, so what we would want this levy to do is, is remove that incentive um, so rather than change the behaviour, so they stop selling alcohol per se, it's more a case of, right, we're, we have this unintended consequence, if you like, from the public health policy of MUP, um, and we want to remove that incentive to, to sell and promote alcohol in shops. So in terms of next steps for AFS and for the Scottish Government, what are they? And in particular, um, again, touching on the previous levy, I don't think public health groups were consulted on the measure. Will the Scottish Government 
be consulting public health groups? Yeah, that's that's our understanding. Um, the Scottish government have said they're going to be consulting, um, and we're we're waiting, <laughs> we're waiting in the wings to see how that will go. Whether that's directly with um, health groups and then with retailers, or whether that's a public consultation remains to be seen. Um, I think it's an important point as well that you raised there about um, public health support for the measure. Um, last time round, it probably was something that came from a certain element of Scottish government, for example, and, and kind of revenue raising and budgeting. Um, whereas this time round, we, we really do have a clear sense of what we want to achieve from it and, and really quite a high level of support. We have a number of organisations, over 30 organisations, that have signed up to, to supporting the levy, um, the public health supplement, um, as well as or as part of a, a response to the public health emergency of alcohol harm. So that includes, I mentioned them earlier, that includes the, the NCD Alliance Scotland. So we do have quite a high level of, of public health support and that's something we will be relying on and promoting um, over, over the next year. So that will happen and also AFS are producing a report to look at the levy as well. Yes, uh -huh. I mentioned earlier our, our research that we commissioned Fraser of Allender Institute to conduct for us. So that will be looking primarily at what a new levy could raise, um, dependent on what level of, of levy is chosen, but also highlighting how different types of retailers would be impacted by such a levy. Um, incredibly useful at this stage in the game, helping inform um, our thinking around what it should be, but also, of course, the Scottish Government, because that's a, a key piece of piece of research and, and evidence that we need to predict how much it could bring in and, and who we would want to set it at. So that's coming out, I would say, in the next week or so. Um, so watch this space. So why do you think this levy is such an important uh, lever to help reduce harm? Well, we know the impact that we've had of the pandemic over recent years. Um, we know we've already had a pre-existing um, issue with alcohol. But the key thing for us in this levy is that, um, going back to that polluter pays principle, um, the people who are selling alcohol, they're kind of contributing to the, the mess that we're in, really. Um, it shouldn't really be a, an incentive to sell alcohol. Um, and we know they're, they're making massive profits. Let's not pretend for a minute that they can't afford to contribute. Um, I saw in the newspaper the other day, uh, one particular supermarket, I, I won't name them, but um, because of the cost of living crisis, the, they're making over two billion in profit estimated this year. So um, it's really just scraping the surface and, and, and it's a small price to pay for them and and their role that they're playing in, in, our, in our alcohol problems that we're suffering. And now here's Dr Alistair McGilchrist to give an update on minimum unit pricing in Scotland. This is a very timely review because, as I'll explain, this is a crucial time for MUP. You may remember that Scotland introduced MUP, which sets a floor price below which alcohol cannot be sold, in 2018. The first country in the world to do so. The legislation includes a so-called sunset clause, stating that the policy will expire after six years unless the Scottish Parliament votes for it to be renewed. That six years is up on the 30th of April, just three months away. The legislation also directs that the Scottish Government to, should report on the effects of MUP, along with a recommendation as to whether it should remain in place, and if so, at what level. In considering this, the Scottish Government commissioned Public Health Scotland to undertake a comprehensive evaluation of MUP, and also commissioned new modelling work from the highly respected Sheffield Alcohol Research Group. In June last year, PHS published their final report, evaluating the effect of MUP. 
which sought to answer two questions. Firstly, to what extent has implementing MUP in Scotland contributed to reducing alcohol-related health and social harms? Secondly, are some people and businesses more affected, positively or negatively, than others? On the first question, the report found strong evidence that MUP has reduced deaths and hospital admissions due to alcohol. And, importantly, no evidence of negative unintended consequences, such as cross-border trade, illicit drug use or crime. On the second question, the report noted that the greatest reductions in deaths and hospital admissions were in males living in deprived areas, meaning that MUP is reducing health inequalities. MUP caused alcohol sales to fall by 3%, driven by a reduction in off-sales, particularly of cheap cider and spirits. This reduction in sales was offset by the increase in price, and overall, no effect on the alcohol industry was seen. The new Sheffield modelling looked at what the effect would be of raising or lowering MUP from its current 50 pence level, and also of discontinuing it altogether. Not surprisingly, they predicted that a rise in the MUP level would result in fewer deaths, but lowering it or stopping MUP altogether would cause an increase in deaths. They also noted that the effectiveness of MUP has been eroded by inflation, so that by July last year, simply to maintain its initial impact, would require an increase in the MUP level from 50 pence to 61 pence. In September, taking account of all the evidence and also a series of roundtable events for relevant stakeholders, Scottish ministers concluded that there is sufficient evidence that MUP has achieved its policy aim and launched a public consultation on their recommendation that A. MUP should be continued after April 2024 and B. The level of MUP should be raised from 50 pence to 65 pence. We at SHAP strongly support these recommendations. The public consultation on these proposals ran from September to November and the results have not yet been made public. As we now approach the end of January, we expect that in the very near future, the government will both publish those results and also formally lay before Parliament their orders to renew and upgrade MUP. Proposed legislation will then enter the committee stage and indeed a meeting of the Health and Social Care Committee to discuss MUP has been scheduled for the 6th of February. I and other stakeholders trying to reduce alcohol harm and also representatives of the alcohol industry will give evidence at that hearing. The Health and Social Care Committee will at some point present their findings to Parliament and there will then be a debate and vote on whether to retain MUP and at what level. Although no date for the vote has yet been set, it must take place before the end of April. So, over the next three months, we at SHAP will be working hard to convince our parliamentarians at Holyrood this life-saving policy must be both retained and uprated. Should any opportunity present itself, I encourage you to do likewise. That is all for this month. Thank you for listening and we hope you can join us in next month's podcast.